There's no intro. It's like I was saying, you need 70 people to play a Wagner tune. So that means that no organization is going to get that many people together without charging tickets. Now they've got a performance going, possibly a recording they own the rights to. And that's why classical music isn't in the public domain in generally. It isn't? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Pure, I guess that makes sense. Pure. Poor Huey Piano Smith, though. I don't think he's going to say anything. So I think we're, I think we're okay. Okay. Uh, right. Something that we're not okay on is the fact that we need to get this going. I got the show all set up. I, I'm good to go. I got. To, I just have to pull the trigger before all, right. all of our co-video feeds end up in their own personal pan co-video feed. It's its own show now, a separate show on iTunes. Aww. And when the um, when the hammer really comes down on that, we'll definitely uh, let people know. Yes. But uh, up to this point, still on the old feed. Uh, but look for the future to find it on another feed. Yes. Speaking of the future. Yeah. It comes after the past. It does. And we're going to talk about a film today that's from the past, but it's still kind of remembered. But I was like looking through my Facebook feed. Still on. Still on. I know. I know. And I, I was something about Farscape. And it's like, oh, it's been 20 years since Farscape came out. I think it's actually been a little more. Hmm. And I was thinking about it and how it's the best sci-fi show ever made and how yeah. it could be possible in 20 years that nobody would come up with a better sci-fi show than Farscape. Clearly, well, nobody has. But the problem is, <laughs> as I go forward in my ignorance, the problem is, is that you, my measuring thing, if the king's, if the next king's foot is smaller than a foot, uh-huh. then... The houses are going to be real small. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, like, my thing for judging things. Yeah. And pay attention because this is the only, this is the only, uh, uh, he meet you halfway you're going to get from me. Okay. Is that my thing for judging things was calibrated back when things were really good. Now, I is see what you're saying. The, the originals, the spinoff of the Vampire Diaries, really good? I, I can't say. <laughs> I'm going to say, People I'm going like to guess. It. I'm going to flip a coin and say no, mm-hmm. but. I mean, how could I? I wasn't. I didn't grow up watching teen vampire soaps, so I don't know. It could yeah. be the best teen vampire soap in yeah. existence, right. and I don't think anybody's going to make a run for Dark Shadows on that one. So, no, I feel like uh, Dark Shadows was really unique when it first came out, but I don't think there's a lot of filler in Dark Shadows. It's yeah, a soap. it is a soap, and. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who remember it fondly, but I don't know how many people actually go back and rewatch Dark Shadows. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's like on syndication anywhere, you know, that sure. anybody today even knows about it. <laughs> well, they know about the Johnny Depp film. It, yeah. Like you go back to like, uh, you know, Kolchak the Night Stalker. I mean, I like Darren McGavin and Spooks too, but like, I mean... Pretty low budget, mm-hmm. about thirteen fifty per episode. I haven't seen it. Well, but... you can you can thank it for the X Files, but okay, sure, thank you for the X Files. No, you know what? I I repudiate my entire previous argument because Uh-oh. you go back and you watch the X Files, and there's some great episodes, but there's a lot of crap in there too. Oof, yeah. The the black sucking vampire. Speaking of vampires, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, but face, Facebook Farscape. Yeah. Hey, just think about it, Ben Browder. Call call data. Call Mark Zuckerberg and get it, get it going. Oh my god! Farscape is just hits at such a high level. Yeah. For the amount of money they didn't spend on it, mm-hmm. you know, so they yeah. just scrambled, and you're just saying, mm-hmm, and that's where we are. Well, that's the kind look, of show it's going to be. You're talking. You're not giving me a chance to talk. I never let you talk. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> True equality. Um, I. <laughs> 
I think a lot of times, and I think you and I have talked about this previously, but I think a lot of times um, when you don't have a lot of money, it it forces you to be more creative in how you create things. Um, don't give me that. Um, I was doing the jerk off motion. Yeah, uh, but I, I I think a lot of times you you. Why are there so many bad? And fake animes on Netflix. Then <laughs> they, they clearly don't have any money. Yet they're just terrible. Well, it's, it doesn't work for everything, no, I right? Guess it but but like some things, like they're they get so much money and they're just like overproduced and they're not really done. Well, well. let's talk about a ten million dollar Stephen. I mean Toby Hooper movie. Yeah, right. Let's talk about your film. Yes, um, I picked Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yes. This is a time of spooks and creeps and yeah. ghosts. Goblins I, I, descend. It was on my list, but I kind of wanted to... I, I'm, I'm psyching up for Halloween, and I kind of <laughs> wanted to watch a scarier movie, you know? Yeah. And heard a lot of things, and, you Steven know... Steven Spielberg. Right, I the know. The master of spookies. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, it's from 1982. It is. Here's what happens in the film. Uh, Flap... Haverstam uh, and his family move into Steve. Steve and Diane Freeling live yeah. in a planned community in California, mm-hmm. and he is a real estate developer. And his company built the community. Yeah, yeah, which is like, I don't know. Maybe it's company policy that you have to live in the houses you're trying to I don't sell. Know. But is that really his dream? And then later in the film, when he tries to sweeten the deal, he's like, "I'll give you a bigger one of these prefab houses." Yeah. It's like, no, I'd like to live somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, he lives in this planned community. Everything is going as planned. Life continues in America. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not, because they've got three kind of precocious kids. Uh, the littlest one, Carol Ann, is the most precocious of them all. Uh-huh. And one night she is sucked into the closet by a spooky, scary something or other. Yep. We don't know. She disappears. Yes. The family goes to... <laughs> they don't call the Ghostbusters because this no. is two years before the Ghostbusters. But they go they to bust any ghosts they go to whatever the equivalent is at the local college. You know yeah. that para- paranormal department in the local there's, college that exists in all these movies. Right? There's a paranormal. They send a team out and go. Yeah. Whew, you got some real cowboys in here. Yeah. And we go out and we get Zelda Rubenstein. Don't care what her real name is or her name of the character name is. Yeah. Zelda Rubenstein is the best name. Yeah. Right. And she says we must get these ghosts out of the house. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they do save Carol Ann, and everything's fine, but not. And that's how yeah. I'm going to avoid spoiling, I guess, the last 15 minutes of the movie. But right, right. basically, it all kind of works out. Uh-huh. Because Coach is there. Because Craig T. Nelson is there. Get these, get these ghosts out of here. Yeah, Come on. Right. That's my, uh, that's my coach. Uh, okay. That's pretty good. Um, I, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm thirsty. You, you're thirsty? Yeah. Okay. You know how, like, when you drink Coke and it's like, Mm, this is like, mm, maybe not Coke. Pick your favorite drink. It, oh, it's a taste sensation. You know, it's uh-huh. refreshing. Uh-huh. But then sometimes you're like, I'm really thirsty. You drink like a lot of Coke. And it's like, Coke is not meant to be drank this Fast. much. I should no, maybe switch to water. I know what you're but saying. But it's just refreshing me. It's, this is the dark side of refreshment that they don't talk about. <laughs> you never the talk addiction. about this on TV. Never. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, where to start? I have a lot of questions, but I feel like. Um, I can't answer them. Maybe. I feel I feel like maybe okay I maybe I'll just start with that then, um. So we find out later a little bit of what's going on. I mean, should we? I mean, it's the movie's over thirty years old. Isn't it okay to spoil it? Yeah, um, just spoil whatever. Um, so the he found out his boss um 
built the planned community over a graveyard and he didn't even move um the the deceased he just moved the headstones yeah. which is like beyond crappy yeah um, i hadn't seen this in a while and i th- i thought that i remembered that it was like built on an indian burial ground or something right. like that but then as it went on the boss is like Oh, or, or they're talking about how so there's this like weird like matte painting shot where they're yeah. standing next to oh you'll build your house right here you know right next to the right rickety to the picket graveyard. fence graveyard yeah. with the spooky tree with all the crows in it yeah and so I was like okay that. it's probably not going to be Native Americans and in the end no it wasn't Native Americans it was just like rich white people that had I guess look anybody could be buried in their gold jewelry if they're going to the other side right yeah, but yeah. Uh, it just seemed like it was rich white people so I think so somehow like leaving out that like hackneyed sort of trope somehow more of an insult to the Native Americans maybe Spielberg was because like they made I don't want to reference to it uh, yeah and then, but then they just to make you to let you remember that they didn't forget about that trope they're yeah. like oh, it's not like this was an Indian burial ground right I guess like no cal white people can get real mad at stuff too when they're dead I guess but I, this you is, didn't recycle. Ooh. So this planned community, we get a big wide shot of it at the beginning, right? It's really big. But for whatever reason, all of this paranormal activity seems to be focused on, on Craig T. Nelson and his family's house. They want to see the Why? manager. These white people are dead Karens. I guess. like, And they said that they were the – it's mentioned early on that they were the first family to move in. Right. So maybe that's part of it, too. But what I want to know is, why is this happening now? Like, how long have they freaking been there? This is like phase, we're on like phase four, five, six or something. Yeah, the dead people are, the ghosts are like, they get to phase three. I'm going to lose my shit. I know, right? Like, I'm I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I mean, I think it would have made more sense if there was some sort of inciting incident. Well, you have to watch the prequel. There's a prequel? I don't know. There are two sequels that feature the same family. At least one of them does. That's like some insidious shit there. Nothing is original. Nothing is. The second film uh, features the same family and the same actors. The third one... Well, not the daughter. What? Not the daughter. Which daughter? So let's talk about the fun stuff. We're really not... I get your point... So let's just say point logged about the little boxes on the hillside made a ticky tacky because you're taking a long time to get it out. We don't have a lot of time. I, I'm just saying I don't understand why this is happening now. It doesn't right. make sense point, to me. Yes. Point okay. received. Okay. Maybe it's the, that's the next level. They see all those foundations poured and they're like, oh, we got to get the ghost group together. I guess. We have a ghost talk. Uh, so the little girl in the movie is Heather O'Rourke. She plays Carol Ann. She was discovered yeah. by... It's literally one of those. Come on, Steve. It, she was discovered by Steven Spielberg on like an MGM tour. Like she was on a tour, Jeez. and he's like, "That that's the girl right there." That girl with platinum. So he immediately hair. put her in this, yeah. And then she did a couple more films, I think, and then died very mysteriously. Well, it wasn't Oof. mysterious. They we know what it is. She died of like, um, a, like uh, intestinal stenosis. That sounds uh, really painful. Which is like usually. Um, you know, preceded by usually, you know, it's like genetic or, you, you know, there are risk factors and she didn't have any. She just had, her tummy hurt one day. She had a heart attack and they oh took her to the goodness. hospital, tried to fix her and they didn't. She died. And that was like in 88. So that's not great. Dominique Dunn, the girl that played the older daughter, Dana, was strangled to death by her boyfriend <gasps> in her driveway um, three months after the movie came out. Whoa. Yeah. What? 
Yes. And then there's probably some other stuff. This is one of those cursed movies like The Omen where people are like, oh, isn't it funny that human beings die? It's not funny. Um, so I looked ahead and Heather, the little girl, Carol Ann, was in both the second and third film. Cool. But uh, She's working. Yeah. But if but, Steven uh, Spielberg wow. had never found her, would she have died still? <laughs> Steve? Um, probably. What's it worth? Was it worth Poltergeist? Because wow. I got to tease my review. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were watching it and you were saying, it's taken a really long time to find the plot. Like, where are we going here? It takes forever to find the plot. And you're right. I mean, there's they're all like, they're, they're what all, is happening? They're all goofing and guffawing around, and the and yeah. the, and the contractors are eating their chili, and they're and which even, never pays off. And no, <laughs> what is he going to fart chili or something? I don't know. And and they're uh, something and, bad. And everybody's here? eating in every scene. There's so much weird eating in this. <laughs> yes, and the mom and even dad the dog. are getting high, and yeah. then, and the kid doesn't like the tree, but the tree won't eat him for another twenty minutes, and it's like we're like forty minutes in before we get. You know, the tree tries to eat the kid. But, like, if they've been living here a long time, why is the kid freaked out by the tree now? It's coming to a head, let's say. And then we plant the scary clown, like, kind of like a... Oh, my God. Is it like a red herring? But then when you don't use it, it. and then you tack another 15 minutes on the end of the film where, no, no, there's more. No, no, no. Poltergeist 1.5. Right, right, right. (laughs) Which is just like, what? So here's my... Let's just get right into it. Yeah. Is Zelda a fraud? Does she have any idea what she's talking about? Well, but first she didn't... they have to go into the light, then yeah. not go into the light, then they got to go into the light again, or but not, uh-huh. and then she's like, "The house is clean." Clearly, the house, the house is, is not, not clean. clean. A giant spirit skeleton, spirit uh, skeleton, Halloween store skeleton is going to come out of the closet later. But what I want to know, because she was like to Craig T. Nelson, "No, not yet." Like she was helping. The very the confusing about like, the light. Crop- very confusing. Yeah, she was supposedly helping the other spirits who were good but were trapped, like cross over. And this but is like doesn't... Steven Spielberg. We should really know what the light is. Oh no! Yes. Wait a minute. I've seen a Spielberg movie before. No. You never know what the light is. Okay. It's just a bunch but... of like, <laughs> like. So there was a big flap when this came out because. Steven Spielberg was working on E.T., which came out in 1981. But movies don't come out the year they're made. Mm -hmm. So he was working on E.T. He was contractually obligated by Amblin Entertainment or whoever it was to not work on anything else. He couldn't put his name on a film while he was working on E.T. And I think it was because it's – you would never do this today. But it's like he was sort of like signed to a deal. Like they wanted to say like this is the Steven Spielberg movie. There's no other work to like – to interfere with the gloriousness that is wow. E.T. So he still, he picked this movie out. He like storyboarded it. He, you know, produced he it, it. And basically picked Toby Hooper, who at this point had directed um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, would go on to direct The Underrated Life Force. Uh, oh, yeah, I love Life Force. And, I've never seen Chainsaw Massacre. Should I put that on my yeah, list? Yeah, put it on the list. Okay. So, so he comes in, and then bef- right before the movie came out, he basically like wrote a you know letter to Variety or something like that that summarized as, I didn't direct like a frame of this thing. Stephen was on set with his little hat every day and basically like calling the setups and doing just about everything. Like I got to say action a couple times. And That's Spielberg so took out a full page ad in the trades saying, I'm sorry that we, you know, had a misunderstanding about this, but this is, you know, 100% your creative vision or blah, blah, whatever. It's like, well, smooth move, X-Lax, because this thing made, you know, $120 million on $10 million. So mm-hmm. you launched Toby Hooper's career. But, and I, I believe, when you tell me that, 
I believe it because what's what's it concerned with? Children and light. Yeah, right. <laughs> the two Steven Spielberg things. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. little girl looking off camera and mm-hmm. the audience is having seizures because, geez, they didn't worry about strobes back then. Huh? No, it sure didn't seem like it. But the weird thing is that Steven Spielberg movies are usually tightly, more tightly plotted than this. They definitely have a, a ton of character. Mm-hmm. You know, people laugh when he casts. Um, well, let's not go that down that road but anyway uh i was gonna say his wife but let's just say he casts people who aren't necessarily super famous or gonna be in something or hot and upcoming i mean karen allen had been in stuff but you know she just was like the perfect person to play marion like he's a good caster for that kind of thing and so yeah craig t nelson joe beth williams you know they just they carry the movie with their personality um also um the zelda obviously zelda rubenstein and then um, uh, the other lady. Uh, oh, I don't remember her name. Uh, Doctor, what's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the paranormal psychologist. Played by Beatrice Strait. Yeah. Um, was great, too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's the character. Spielberg knows this. You, 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 you have to have character. Mm-hmm. And you have to have... Oh, boy, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that there was a more uh, rewarding... Uh, female female relationship in this movie than in all of Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> just uh, the yeah, fact that yeah, I see the saying. one I, it is weird to have like why why do we need two doctor what's whatever is like why does Zelda come in at the end? Right, Did it's you a discuss, little weird. Was she touring MGM? Uh, because it's weird to me because the paranormal psychologist as soon as Zelda shows up she does next to nothing. Right, like, give her but something else them, to do. Right, but before them, yeah. Instead of just being the character who comes in and is like ah oh, we got some ghosts in here or whatever. She clearly cares about this. It's the sort of thing that the ghost, the original Ghostbusters go through where they've been doing this sort of theory all their lives and then they discover a full torso apparition or, or whatever it is. Right. And now they're fascinated but also horrified by it. But she has the chance to bond with um, the, the Diane, the wife, yeah. because we're still in a, you know, they went to college in the late 60s probably. We're still in this like, I'm okay, you're okay, hippie, dippy phase where she's like, no, it's about energy and stuff like that. Yeah, right, And so right. she's like a believer who ends up wearing magic underwear in the last scene. I didn't understand that really at all. Uh, um, but, yeah, I don't know. But the, just like they're, except for the fact that they whisper throughout the entire scene. Yeah. Bad choice. I, I think so too. But they, I don't know, like I I liked their relationship and I thought that that was, you know, in a movie that's really about saving your daughter and family and all that and like, even though dad is just pounding, <laughs> pounding brewskis in the middle of the day with a split behind his ear. Yeah. Yep. Uh, keeping it together. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the sequels. If they get divorced, it's not going to surprise me. <laughs> now you can have, haunt two houses for the price of one. Wow. I mean, like. I, 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 I agree with <laughs> Come you. on. What? Look, weren't you saving it up? I talked for so long. Yeah, I just kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> you um, but all you were doing was thinking. How about if I ask you some questions? Okay. Do you, I guess you haven't seen a lot of Toby Hooper films. No. Do you think that this is all directed by Spielberg? Honestly, I would believe it. Why would this, why would Toby like say something like that? No offense to true. 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 Because it, he, how does he benefit from that? Nobody, but he doesn't. No. Well, if maybe he felt like you know the cut was out of his control and it was it was going to be bad, because you and I agree, yeah. it's got problems. It, it, it you does. could you could go take this into the editing suite, lose 10, 15 minutes, and probably streamline it, and we just get it done. 
And then you're ready to make the second one because mm-hmm. clearly they wanted to make a, a bunch more. You know yeah. this. They've now they would never let this happen now, but now they've got this figured out. You just like conjuring, 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 Annabelle, Annabelle. Like yeah. you just bust them out. And I don't think that like this is so important and like so amazing that we have to like just sit for a few years and think about it. Like you should just spin a bunch of these out. Like it's. You got a fun family that you want to hang with. You're mm-hmm. pretty sure they're not going to die. There's giant spirit Halloween store skeletons. and Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Toby Hooper. I, I don't know. I think it would be better directed. I don't think it's bad. No shade to Toby Hooper. I don't think it's poorly directed. I think it's well directed. But mm-hmm. there are certain like signature things that are kind of like Spielberg stuff that I I, I would expect to see in this. I see. You are saying. confined to just a house. So there's not yeah. like a ton that you can do. But no. I don't know. I've, like It just reminds me a lot of Life Force. Okay, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, maybe. Keeps the clothes on. Well, maybe it's yeah. Okay, um, maybe he had more of a say on it than he made it seem like he did. Well, I'm just we're just talking about a movie we watched. I don't really I, care about I their, know, I know. their little um, argument. Do you think that Carol Ann was sensitive? That she was a psychic. That's that's a thing that happens in these movies, right? Oh, I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah, because she guess talks so. to the TV people. Yes, yeah, she does. Also, why are they in the TV? I have no idea. Because it's just like There's wave like of the future, waves, TV. waves, I don't know. Well, you pointed out, actually you didn't, but I know you want to, but you've, you've forgotten. Mm-hmm. You pointed out that the movie begins with uh, TV stations sign off. We don't have this now because TV stations yeah, have just decided to be on all day long. But they used to, at midnight or whenever they ran out of programming, would play the Star Spangled Banner, usually have I a patriotic... it was the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, have, I thought that that was just a... Have a patriotic clip. Well, he was yeah. using that to yeah. say America, right? Like how he's reading the Reagan book? Yes. But what's the point other than like David Lynchian evil lurks in the suburbs? Yeah, because it's. I feel like, like that's what they're doing. I feel like showing a picket fence, then the camera burrows underground, and there's icky worms underneath. I feel like that's more subtle than playing the Star Spangled Banner it and is. showing us the ticky tacky houses. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She might be psychic, but like, I guess I kind of just thought. I don't know. Maybe that makes more sense. I, I guess I thought like for there was something special about her for some reason. Like they they said something like. There's something about, like, her energy or what have you. Like, Zelda said something like that. Like, she just reminds them of being alive. Like, she gives that, off some sort of weird they, speaking energy. Speaking of bad pacing, they she comes in and they stop the film. I know they do. Like, I know. And okay, like let's look at Ghostbusters. Let's look at Ghostbusters. Because yeah. I think this shares a lot of DNA with Ghostbusters. Yeah, definitely. I know Ghostbusters had been a script for a while. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but think that, like, Dan Aykroyd saw this and went, we've got it. We've got it. Mm-hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, uh, the graphics, the effects are almost completely the same. Mm-hmm. Although that was, I think they're both ILM. Um, that sort of like, oh, we've shot a puppet or something, and now we're showing it at half opacity with weird lights. Right. I'm not criticizing it. I just, you know, mm-hmm. and having like ghosts are like, there's three balls of light that go swooping down or, or yeah. something like that. Um, but they they they're in this house and. Yeah. It's and, and we know it's America, <laughs> right? I don't know because because the kids reading Captain America. Yeah, I just right. didn't see how. I look. Here's the point: we we were still we were 40 minutes in, and I wrote in my notes, "We're so far from Zelda. We're just it's going to be so long." Then she yeah. finally gets there, yeah, and she gives us the uh, psychiatrist or speech or psychologist speech from the end of Psycho, and it's just like boring and it's hard to follow, and yeah, it's so much different than. The scene where the Ghostbusters are thrown in jail 
and they're like, oh, this is, you know, the original plans by Evo Shandor, you know, and he's, he's, I looked at Tobit Spirit's Guide, it's supposed to channel, channel negative uh, ghost energy. Right. And Bill Murray's like, everybody getting this? Because <laughs> all, the, all the other guys in the, in the tank are all like, ooh, yeah, they're like looking at it too. <laughs> And, that, that, and it's probably like a four-minute scene, three, four minutes. Yeah. But we've got our stakes. But she's just like she comes in and we couldn't just parse little breadcrumbs throughout the film. I no. Know. We're I eating know. literal breadcrumbs. There's breadcrumbs on our shirt because everybody's eating all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Does the uh, house make you hungry? Was that something? Oh, well, I didn't get that. If that's what they were trying to do. Right. <laughs> right. Is everybody high all the time? And we know mom and dad. Why is Gene Shalit on the TV? Yeah, right. Is that was he like did Gene Shalit shit on Duel or something like that? I don't like, know. Why is he putting Gene Shalit on the TV? Why did he say yes to this? I didn't like Raiders. Yeah, right. <laughs> put I'll put you in my movie. I feel like he raided my okay. wallet. Yeah. Um, I just was. I was a little disappointed. And it escalates so fast from oh, isn't it so cool? This chair moves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess ghosts are real. <laughs> Unless I know, there's right? a magnet in the wall. I know. And then like, okay, good night, son. Tree beard is here to kill you. Yeah, pretty much. So I just um, think that there are like script pages on, on the floor somewhere. That's what it feels like to me. It does. Too long. And I don't know. I, I really don't understand like the beginning, like why it takes so long to get to anything. Like, because like, so, so the very beginning, the TV, we see the TV, we see the static. We hear the sound off. It's not shocker. We're disappointed. Yes. No rumors. The little girl comes down and is sitting in front of the TV and she's trying to communicate with stuff. Yes. Right. No, I don't know. So we get a little bit of that. And then we have 10, 15 minutes of stuff that goes absolutely nowhere yeah. <laughs> like why do we need to see the little boy you didn't has, like the like, payoff of of uh, uh the daughter having a hickey on her neck when she gets out of the car no i hated that what a payoff well and then like the little boy we get it he likes star wars and we have to see <laughs> yeah. all of his yeah. star wars stuff and for some reason he has an alien poster on the wall you are bad parents if you let your freaking kids see alien at his age just saying I wouldn't recommend it. But anyways. <laughs> Toby Hooper is like, Star Wars. <laughs> Probably. Sure, yeah, Steve. Yeah. yeah. Give, give me the Chewbacca do you jacket. Want, do you, should we put. Put it up there. Should we put Indiana Great. Jones in here too? Like, you know. <laughs> no, so no I'm, I'm trying to help George. I'm trying yeah, to help George right. out. Exactly. Yeah, George just made a lot of money. He doesn't need your help. He does not need your help. L- help me. Like, help me. Oh, sorry. I'm just saying, like, the, 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 we set the clown doll up. And it takes so long for that to pay off. And that kid, he just puts up with so much crap. It's like, kid, if you don't like the he's creepy kid, clown doll, a, yeah. get rid of it. He's a meek kid. He's, I know. That was the same way. I know. Uh, here's but... the thing. Do you think that Ghostbusters changed this as well? Or maybe, well, Spielberg definitely helped. Um, this this film, you know, yes, I said that the doctor is nice, but she's nice more as a woman and a, a fellow adult to this mom whose ghosts have taken her kids yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's got to like chase her kids around all day and it's more just i'm having an adult conversation with somebody who is scared but is managing it with a little you know jd but uh but can i can connect with this person mm-hmm. but i feel like they the academics are like <laughs> they kind of make fun of like the academics a little bit. Uh, in Especially Ghostbusters, the guy with the yes, yes, they're played by people who are SNL actors, yeah. but they know their stuff. 
You know, right. they like Ray knows about the full torso apparitions and everything, and and um, and you get that in uh, in uh, Indiana Jones as well. You know, he succeeds because he's looking for these things that are right. from antiquity, and he knows how to get through the traps and stuff like that because right. he's a smart they're knowledgeable. Guy. And, and I feel like don't... there's a turning point that's happening here in the early '80s where smart becomes important for um, an action hero. But then, of course. Arnold Schwarzenegger maybe take care of that. I don't know. Well, I mean, oh. what do you what do you call it again? Um, I know you've used this term before. Um, competency porn. You know, like we want to see. Well, I wouldn't call Ghostbusters competency porn. Uh, but... Okay, fair. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't. They either. summon they summon a giant marshmallow man. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, there's um, also, this is a positive ghost film. There are no positive ghost films anymore. That's true. There are none. You'll get films like um, the. Is it underrated? It's underrated because people have forgotten about it. But the underrated Mama. Mm-hmm. Where you find out that you know the ghost is murdering people for sure, but yeah. she has a psychology in that she's just trying to like get her son or daughter or back or whatever. Uh, but they're all just like get out, yeah, and like right. oh they're gonna kill the people from the Conjuring or whatever. Right. And this is one of those films where it's like there's peace, there's light. I bring you love, and yeah. there's other things too. There, even there's the, one, that's even like the big the beast skull big guy, guy is yeah. just a person who's lost their way or, or whatever and you just don't that does not exist anymore no no i mean yeah no it doesn't uh, i i want to go back a little bit to no we don't have time well, i just want to say going forward <clears throat> the parapsychologist i i do think that i really liked when she was talking to the mom like and it's the next morning and she's like talking about how well i'm gonna go back but, but i'm i'm coming back like she wants her to know she's not she's scared but she's gonna come back um, and I think that that and, and they bring have like Zelda, a really nice moment. That. It's weird. What was that? And bring Zelda. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it doesn't say that. It's no, weird. you're right. You're right. And, and I'm going to bring reinforcements. And something? she, her, her love helps her get her kid. I guess. Now remember the scene in 2016 Ghostbusters where the Ghostbusters Abby and the other one are pulled through the portal uh-huh. and they and they have to climb out and they come out of the portal and they're all sticky and their hair is white now. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure you remember that. Okay. Anybody's listening to this and seen I, the movie, I know that happens to the I mom at the end of this movie. Yeah. Yep. It's great, though. It's so good. Let's talk about my film. I yes. picked Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. Of course I've seen this film. I've so seen this film I. a million times. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to watch it for a treat. We deserve it. We've seen a lot of crap. Because we were so. talking about <laughs> vampires and ghosts and werewolves and stuff like that. And I just I had my just an ass full of all of them. And so I'm like, what about... Uh, the Spooky Tales of the East. Sure. And that is uh, capably compiled by the whitest man on earth, John Carpenter, yeah. in the movie Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> what happens in Big Trouble in Little China? Uh, so Jack Burton is a truck driver. Who? and Jack Burton, um, Kurt, played by Kurt Russell. And um, he, on this particular day, is delivering pigs to Chinatown. Um, anyways, he, he has a lot of friends in Chinatown. He knows a lot of people. But it seems like he actually doesn't really know a lot of the goings-on in Chinatown, as we find out in this movie. Anyways, he plays his friend. His friend's name is Wong? <laughs> don't, don't play with me. Oh, okay. His name is pronounced Wang. Oh. Although, okay, I know Wang. people whose name is read, is spelled okay. Wang, but pronounced Wong. Yeah, but I it know. is it is Wang. Okay, his friend's Wang and him, um, along with some other people, they're, they're, they're doing some sort of gambling all through the night. And then they do this one last bet, and Wang loses, and he had bet Jack double or nothing. 
And so Jack wants his money. First scene. But I know. But they go to the airport. <laughs> uh, Wang's um, fiance is coming over from China. He's super excited. But a Chinese gang kidnaps her. And they also see Kim Cattrall at the airport. And Jack thinks she's kind of cute. Anyways, um, there, there's so much going on in this movie. Uh, so they go. They're trying to find uh, Wang's fiance. And they go back to Chinatown. And then there's this huge gang fight that breaks out between these warring gangs. Uh, and then um, uh, the the storms, the three storms, thunder, lightning, and rain, like, just, like, pop out of the sky. And they're, they're super scary. Um, like, you, you just said they were super scary. I, yeah. This this, you're not recounting everything that happens in the film. I know that. You just go, come on, come on. Come on, apply yourself. Okay, fine. Um, a, and they were for... Uh, no, you just need to go right back into it. What? Listen, like this, right? Okay. A rambling man truck driver mm-hmm. gets caught up in a supernatural gang war yeah. in San Francisco's Chinatown. Okay. Done. That's the short, short version. Then we can talk about like monsters and the eyeball thing, but right. you're just literally, you're doing like... All right, now check this out. This is like a room pitch here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just feel like there's so much going on. Well, now we're going to talk about all that. Uh, (laughs) We just want to set up what it is. This came out in 1986. Uh, It was hilariously rushed through production because they were trying to beat Eddie Murphy's uh, film The Golden Child, which was going to come out. uh, Which I've never heard of. It came out the same year. I don't think they really beat them by all that much. You never heard of The Golden Child? No. Is it good? (sighs) Yeah. It's not great. (laughs) It's got its it's got its good parts. Okay. Um, of course, it stars Kurt Russell, uh, Kim Cattrall, uh, yes. and Dennis Dunn, who was in a couple other uh, John Carpenter movies. And James Hong. Well, well I'm going to get to James Hong. Okay, <laughs> we'll just do it right now. Yes, he's number four build. Uh, James the the legendary James Hong. Yes. Who is doing like a? I mean, he's old now. He's uh-huh. in his mid nineties. He, he's yeah, he's he's pretty old now. But he's yeah. uh, you know, low pants in a wheelchair. Not David Hong. He's still yeah. walking around. Right. Um. So he was probably in like his like late forties, early fifties when this was probably made, right? yeah. But it's, so he's it's, playing older. But it's kind of yeah right. But it's kind of like the uh, Max von Sydow Exorcist thing. You know, like he when, just kind of looked older. Well, they put that incredibly old makeup yeah, on yes. him. Yeah, so yeah, even yeah. when I'm watching like Mulan and I'm like picturing the guy in his voice, I think of like a really old looking guy. But yeah, yeah. as Pin, he's, you know, he's not that old in this movie. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, he is in this uh, and is great. And of course, Victor Wong plays Egg Shen, uh, who is like he steals the film. He does. Yeah. He was also in... Um, he hasn't been in quite as much stuff as uh, as uh, James Hong, who's been in everything. He's, he's been in a lot. Um, of things, yeah. But he was in he was in Tremors, and I think he was in um, The Last Emperor. Um, I think he did like the what was it called the the Three Ninja movies? Oh, too? did he? I think he, okay. Yeah, I think he might. Maybe he. I don't know. Maybe he was the the master of sure. that or something like that. But I. I looked him up, and like one of the first things that showed up was um, the Three Ninja films. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because I totally saw those, even though I, I know, like, I think it wasn't that the first ah. one that I picked was the Karate Kid. I had never seen the Karate Kid, but I, I saw the Three Ninjas. But go figure, you know. Um, go figure, indeed. Uh, James Hong, 440 credits on his IMDb. That is insane. That is the most. I, I don't know why we're wasting time with this, but let's do um, Rod Steiger, maybe. Okay. 
Rod Steiger, 148. Wait. Smoked his ass. So why why in the hell don't we play Kevin Bacon, which we don't play anymore, really. No, we That's don't. That's game. With uh, James Hong? With James Hong. It that should be the six degrees of James, James Hong. Um, and every, every answer would be one. James yeah. Hong was in this with Will Smith. The end. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, I just saw something interesting uh, about Victor Wong. He apparently was in The Golden Child as well. I just think that's a little, that's kind of interesting, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, okay. So here's the deal. Okay. And I don't, we don't have, I've watched this movie like a hundred times and I don't think I've ever watched any DVD extras or read the Wikipedia page or anything. So mm-hmm. I don't know about my facts here, but I do know that John Carpenter always wanted to make a martial arts film. Okay. And in this case, maybe because of Eddie Murphy and the Golden Child, uh, <laughs> Somebody's willing to pay for it. <laughs> Warner Brothers is willing, or uh, Fox is willing to pay for it, mm-hmm. and so uh, so he made it. Yeah, uh, it bombed. You know, it flopped. What did the Golden Child? No, this movie. Oh, this movie. <laughs> yes, this movie. I was going to ask you how well it was received. No, the Golden Child did okay, but okay. Uh, but you no, know, this flopped like a lot of John Carpenter's films, and is looked back on as being, you know, a classic, a cult classic. And like yeah. you said, nobody talks about the Golden Child anymore. No. Give me the anyway. And what I like about this is, sure, you can't just do. You're not, you know, Ang Lee. You can't, or or I don't know, Mel Gibson. You can't just decide that we're going to do this, you know, all with a native cast in uh, in another language and not English. Mm-hmm. So right. he casts uh, Kurt Russell, yes, who basically is just. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Talking shit, but is just doing a bad John Wayne impression the entire film. <laughs> and then he bit. surrounds him with characters who all are more savvy than he is. And he, yeah, that's true. Except for, you know, that we set up in the first scene, his reflexes. Uh, it takes like the, it takes a six demon bag and a magic potion and a whole ton of guys who are doing this with their hand yeah, yeah, and yeah. doing Kung Fu to get Lopan to the point where Jack Burton can kill him with a knife. Like, yes. he is almost useless in this film. And he is no, absolutely right. the outsider. And that's pointed out. And at the same time, all the Chinese actors that they use are super Americanized because they live here. This, yeah, And right. even at the end, Egg Shen says, because Jack's like, hey, go, go visit China. And Egg Shen's like, I don't need to go to China. Mm-hmm. You know, she's wherever I am. She's in my and, heart. Yeah. And we take, like, from your salad bar. You know, like, he's, yeah. they are Chinese Americans. It's not that they're like, do Oh, so inscrutable. Do you know what I mean? They. This is a story about Chinese American people. And I think that that's great because I don't think we get to see that that often. Well, it's also not insulting. Just, yes. He has to make a movie about I Chinese agree. people in which Wang is the hero. Yeah, yeah, he? yeah. Jack yeah. Burton yes. is like the Chewbacca. Yes. He's like the sidekick. Yeah. But John Carpenter's like, I think smartly was like, I can't tell this movie from a completely Chinese perspective, so I'll try to bring, you know, like a meeting of the worlds here. Yeah. And have this idiot Jack Burton just stumble into like this turf war between magical ghost gangs. I know. <laughs> this is only like two years, four years out from Poltergeist, and those the effects have changed completely. Now, I don't think John yeah. Carpenter had access to like the good effects. No. But we, we're not doing the ghosts with the... There's, there's some like... You know, matting over things. He goes through sure. walls and stuff like that. But yeah. like there's explosions and there's green portals and magic. And there, are, you can already see how special effects, I think, are, are getting better. Yeah. Or at least less obtrusive. Yeah. I really enjoyed the, the sound effect when he goes through walls, too. That was pretty great. <laughs> Which, you know, maybe. Small pleasures. Yeah, I know. Maybe John Carpenter 
uh, created that. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. John, uh, John, John, John Wayne. John Wayne would disown Jack Burton. Jack Burton <laughs> is one of my favorite types of characters. He is the capable buffoon. Yes. Um, I wrote capable buffalo <laughs> in my notes, <laughs> which is a great band name. Don't take it. Yeah. But he is a guy who uh, has no idea what's going on. He has a set of skills. It's of questionable use. How yeah. often are you going to get to catch something and throw it back at somebody? And also, he's a podcaster. Is that what's going on? <laughs> no, he's no, he's is he just, just talking into his radio yes, to anybody. He is who's just listening? flooding some CB channel like, with his horse shit all night long on the Pork Shop Express. I know, but it okay. reminds me of it reminds me of like a punditry podcasting. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and here's another thing about about Barack Obama. Because let's face it, Jack Burton would absolutely be against Barack Obama. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I could see him doing like a podcast. And I mean, he he's like the way he talks is just so funny. Like the the way he tells these stories over the radio. Yeah, like he he is adding his own thing on. Well, like, he's he's his own chorus. Yeah, yeah. Like at the beginning, he's like talking about like. I've been all over this, you know, you know, and like, we, this is pretty great. And you paid and it, your dues. And yes, I've paid my dues. The check is in the mail. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like talking about how like, you know, I'm not naive enough to think that we're alone in the universe and <laughs> stuff right. like that. It's like, whoa, what are, are you? Are you setting up supernatural stuff here? Maybe. I mean, but maybe remember, it's already set up because this movie opens. It's a, the whole movie's a flashback. This movie opens oh, at the end of that. the incident yeah, yeah, with uh, Ed Chin come up before, uh, I'm assuming, the um, attorney general or um, uh, what do you call it? The prosecutor. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, played by Jerry Harden, who yeah. I, I, I thought was Harris Eulin, but he's in Ghostbusters 2. Jerry Harden is in this. I yeah. got my Star Trek guest stars mixed up. Right. This is uh, ah, Mr. Daytime. <laughs> But and he's so so is the whole movie did it happen this way? Is it told Oh that's a good point in flashback because if it's by told in flashback a Grandpa Peter Falk, uh, you know, here in the form of Egg Shin. And but also Egg Shin like shows him like lightning right, and between also, his hands. So if the, ti- if the timeline of the movie up? continues, <laughs> does everybody know that magic is real now? Because clearly yeah. Jerry Harden would go, oh, my God, that's amazing. Right. Let me get a camera to film crew to <laughs> do that hand thing again. So I guess um, his vacation got cut short. We don't yeah. know how far in the future it is. And, but it's interesting because he does the lightning thing there, but we don't see him use lightning any other time, right? He uses other kinds of magic. Maybe he got the uh, the storm lightning guy's magic. Who knows? Huh. Okay. I, I don't think it matters. I think that it – I think it works, and here's why. It's so dry. <laughs> But when you watch a John Carpenter movie, you expect dryness, and then later on there'll be a head that's got a you know vacuum hose neck on a spider body made of human body parts. Like you know that's all coming, right? Yeah. You know that Ice Cube is going to shoot a lot of fool ghosts on Mars. Yeah, right. And so this movie also has a build up, but it's in the like eight to twelve minute range instead of the forty to forty five minute range. Right. Because as soon as they get to the airport. We're off to the to the yes. fireworks factory, yeah. and it we just right don't stop. No. And, and there's a calculated escalation in that they get away from the guys. There's another great scene with uh, I love Dennis Dunn in this movie where he's like, "It's not even safe to walk in the park anymore." You know, like it's just like this. It's such an American thing to say, but it goes into that theme of you know him just being you know an American, but yes. also Chinese. 
Uh, and then they get into the middle of a gang. First, they see a funeral, which becomes a gang war, yep. which becomes uh, attacked by three yeah, three magic guys from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And then he gets blinded by Lopan. And yeah. then they're in the sewers. And yeah. it's just like, it just starts popping off. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, so much happens in this. But like, then there's like things that are like random, but I'm like, they're never necessarily explained. And maybe that's okay. Um, like we got like the big monster guy who like grabs Kim Cattrall yeah. at yeah. some point, and then we see him in the back of Jack's truck at the yeah. end, and it's supposed to be kind of like a little wink to audience. There, are, I guess, there are concessions to this just being like a comic book, right? This is just a pulp story. It feels like a comic. The book. characters I was are that while we were watching it. are are attractively two dimensional. And then there are parts like when they escape the lightning guy and then they're in another room and then Egg Shen's, you know, in a a thing. And they're, how'd you get up there? Wasn't easy. And the movie just continues. I know. He doesn't explain (laughs) it, but it's great. He doesn't have to. You've got like the the, the helpful, quote unquote, Americans. You know, you've got Gracie Law. Yeah. uh, I love that her last name is Law. Yeah. So who's, who's a human rights lawyer? And, you know, it tries to do good work, I guess, in the system for immigrants. But every time she comes around, they're all like, trouble. oh, boy. I bet oh, she says man. hi in Chinese but says it wrong, you know. Yeah, right? Yeah. Me now or whatever. Oh, like, my oh, gosh. Hi, Gracie. <laughs> yeah, well, I they... said The Rock wants to remake this, right? Yes, Which, I was going to ask you about that. I guess if – first of all, it's perfect. Why remake it? I know. Don't remake it. But if you it. did it. If it never existed and we needed to manifest it, yeah, The Rock should play Jack Burton. Fine. But I hope that they give a lot more to the to the Chinese characters and the Chinese people. Because when you're trying to, like, uh, validate, like, Chinese characters and Chinese-American yes. voices on screen, maybe don't go to a brothel. <laughs> it goes right to a brothel. And I know. it's like, okay. Well, I know. I right. know. I know. <laughs> The um, floating eye monster guy that's like one big eye and then has a bunch of smaller eyes. Doesn't that kind of remind you? I know it's a little different, but it kind of reminds you of a beholder from D&D. Yeah. Yeah. I was just. You're gonna tell that. me John Carpenter didn't grow up playing D and D? I'm sure. Actually, well, well he I mean, played he it as an adult. Up. Yeah, 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 he was but, older, but yeah, but I could see that he must have. Yeah, he likes video games. Yeah, he's definitely fought a beyonder. Oops, not that a beholder in a video game. Yeah. What was with like the snake guy that like grabbed one one of the um like gang members early on when they're in in the building and and then like Egg Shen is like oh he threw like some sort of bomb or magic thing at it. He's like, some Oh, he won't beads. be come back. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like, Well, that guy's just gone now. Like that guy's dead. Yeah, but, but that's that's the whole point because we, we see Jack's, you know, has bravado, but we see his growing terror because he is culture shocked, mm-hmm. but he's also like uh, uh, reality shocked mm-hmm. because he just found out that ghosts and like lightning guys are real. And so, yeah, it's just a little it's, it's a little tweak of that because that thing comes out and he'll come out no more. And Jack's like, what? What will come out no more? I know. <laughs> and they just move on. Yeah. Well, and I like too at the beginning, like when they get stuck in like the, 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 the gang war in the street. Right. Like. You get the feeling that Jack has been coming and doing deliveries and hanging out in Chinatown quite a bit, but this is a new experience for him. And, like, the gangs know they're there. They know they're in the truck, but they don't attack them at all. They're just so focused on each other. And, like, um, Wang was like, oh, Chinese standoff. And Jack's like, what is that? And he's just like, Shh, stay quiet. 
We don't really get a satisfying answer. It's but probably it's, not anything. Because, I know. Because Wang has seen the Wild Bunch probably too because yeah. he lives in America. Yeah, I know. I think it's perfect. Yeah. The, and speaking of that, I think that uh, Egg Shen in this movie gives a kind of like okay primer on like Chinese spirituality. He runs through it really fast, but he talks about the sort of melting pot of like yeah. influences yeah. Uh, and the, the Zen Buddhism, you know, and and uh, and everything else. And so, yes. uh, yeah, it's like he, he kind of spells bar. it all out for you. Well, yeah, the salad bar, yeah. I, which was funny. And I, the I ultimate think evil why. spirit. Yeah. And there's a lot of easy exposition in this, this film. And it's not like the Zelda f- exposition yeah. in um, Poltergeist. But it's just characters just say things. They say them like they're in a school play. Sometimes a character looks at them like, what? And we move on. But you've got the information. Yeah. So what's what's the problem? Well, and I like, um, they make a big deal about, like, so Lopan, apparently he has to marry a woman who has green eyes and, like, poke her with his needle. And then sacrifice her, And then her, sacrifice her yeah. in order for his curse to be lifted or whatever. I don't know why he, he's waited until now because he's been cursed for a long time. Yeah. But he, he does the test. On uh, uh, both um, Wang's uh, fiance and and Gracie, and they both pass the test, and he's like, "I'll marry them both." It's like, right. oh, of course, of course, you will. Well, sure. Um, I know I've seen like a cosplay of like a. Can he poke the the one that he plans to kill anyway? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. If because you have to marry her and then sacrifice her, but he's going to get around that by marrying one and sacrificing the other. Uh-huh. F marry kill. F Mary sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, but then he pokes Miao Yin a million times with a needle. Like, like if a you're gonna, bunch. if you're just gonna chop Gracie's head off anyway, why not just poke her with a needle? I know. <laughs> but like, you don't want a wife full of holes. Uh, I, well, I don't. Maybe he doesn't care. No, no joke. Wow. No, given. Um, no extra joke. Yeah. Uh, Do you like the white slavery in the movie? <laughs> so the white. Slavery? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, Lopan's a bad guy, but they, you know, our heroes rescue like a dozen like sl- prostitutes from like his giant well, that's true. castle slash warehouse. Yeah. Um, do, speaking of which, do you like um, or do you think, excuse me, that John Carpenter likes putting Kurt Russell through hell? There's a lot of there are no there's very well. I mean, there's stuntmen in this, but there's a lot of hero shots with characters underwater. Hanging mm-hmm. upside down. Almost falling backwards. Rolling in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, and then if you look at his other movies, you know, just being... Uh, it was actually cold in some parts of the thing set, I think. But also just being in all the... Maybe, uh, but I don't... The hot parka the whole time. And then and, and then he's got a he's got a surf uh, race, uh, Peter Fonda, and like all kinds of stuff. But I don't think it's done in a, in a a with malicious intent. <laughs> no, but like... You know, and obviously... There's something kind of funny about like putting your buddy in a terrible situation yeah and obviously kurt russell like really enjoys working with him because he's worked with him a lot so i mean he likes his music man <laughs> hey play some more of that music <sighs> there's a joke that uh Mar- endgame stole from this uh where they uh they beat the guards and they lock up thunder and then they've like scavenged these guns and then they all go like give me that gun and then they, they, yeah, they, they yeah, all trade yeah, yes. guns like three times yes that was, that was good um, I was going to say before, I, I've seen um, uh, a cosplay of either Lopen and um, uh, I can't remember Wang's fiance's. Um, 
it, it was Lil' Pen and then like one one other woman. I can't remember if she had like blonde hair or if she was Asian. I can't remember. Listen, this is terrible. But this is a bad time. Uh, but <laughs> I'd like to see you guys play with Lil' Pen and like two women. Okay. Have have both the brides be there. Nice like, work. I'd like to see that. Someday I want to see a prince with a diamond and pearl. I've seen a prince with an Apollonia. Yeah. I've I've seen a prince uh, with. Oh no! Did I? I was going to say maybe Wendy and Lisa, but I guess not. That'd be another two women. But I want to see a uh, new power generation prince mm-hmm. with uh, diamond and pearl. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Well, not us do it, but uh... <laughs> no, we would need somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're the, you're the right height for Prince. Uh, I also like that uh, this movie, its b- biggest success, in my opinion, is it's just a place you want to be. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I bet it plays endlessly on cable. I bet people burn it out on their DVD players. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. A-, a lot of the jokes definitely could be a notch higher mm-hmm. <laughs> if they brought a co- you know Patton Oswalt in to punch up the jokes. Sure. But it doesn't matter because you don't get the feeling that like – any of these characters are comedians or like are the really funny one or whatever. In right. fact, the funny one is Eddie and he's scared stiff for pretty much the entire movie. Yeah, right. Although I like what he's like. I like the fact that we learn more and more about these characters. Apparently, they're all like secret agents and ninjas in their spare time. Apparently. Yeah, because Jack like, you know, shoots somebody. It's clearly the first time Jack's ever shot anybody. Yeah, but the right. guy deserved it. Right. And Eddie's like, this is the first time you ever plugged somebody? Jack's like, of course not. I know. <laughs> it's like, How many people you kill, Eddie? I know. Right, but just there is there is there's a lot to say for for cadence and timing. I know we make fun of cadence and timing as like, oh, you wrote a joke, fill in the blank mm-hmm. of a show name that you don't like. Right. I've got a couple, <laughs> but it the movie yeah. already catches you and it's got you and it works. And so there's just the things like where they they all drink the potion they get in the elevator. Like I feel pretty good. I'm not scared at all. Get kind of hot in here. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what he says. It's just at that point we're on the hook. Yeah. But they also construct things that clearly not only um, took a long time to set up, but put the actors at risk. <laughs> There's the thing where they they dive through the thing and they're escaping through the tube, and this is yeah. like these are Hollywood actors up to their chins in water. In water, yeah. And she like you know picks up. Oh, it's it's a uh, uh, Wang. And he's like, "Where's Margo? I don't know." Yeah. He goes back down underwater. Where's Eddie? Oh, I, I don't know. I know. Where's Jack? <laughs> Can't tell you. There's like five actors all swimming underwater. It's intense. It's really intense. And but then, but like, it's silly because it's a cartoon it bit. Yeah. You know, it's it's like one, two, three. And then, and then she's the so payoff. happy to see Jack, and she gives him a huge hug. She's... And then like, and then they like kiss. He okay. He he needs a consent class, but she's into him from like the beginning, right? I don't know. Maybe not the beginning. Beginning, because like at for, when he first comes up to her at the airport, he, he's like, "Can I ask you something?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> what? No, a serious question. Oh yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah. "Absolutely not." They, yeah. They've already got some Hoxian banter. And he's I like, guess. "Well, let me just come straight out." You know, you want to go somewhere? And she's like. Well, I can't go, couldn't go go somewhere with uh, somebody in your condition. Yeah, right. Is that what do you mean? Yeah, oh, it's, uh, it's Miller time. <laughs> I guess she can smell the beer on him. They're already doing a, a thing. I guess. But then he like doesn't even kiss her goodbye. Like he's kind of like he's kind of a jerk about it. <sighs> it's pretty cool. Ah, you like it, huh? <laughs> it specifically ruined a couple of relationships for me. <laughs> trying to why is that? Trying to, to emulate, emulate that? that coolness. Women don't want you to do that. They don't like that. They want you to kiss them. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they don't care if you're cool or not when they want you to kiss them. That doesn't this matter. Bomb. 
What? Come on, get with the program, girls. Don't you? you I want, don't care if you you're want, cool. If I want a kid, you want cool guys, and then once you know they're in the trap, then it's like stop being cool, rub my feet. Uh, this would have Whoa. been huge on Netflix, don't you think? This came out. Somebody had probably. to pay twenty five million dollars for it. Mm-hmm. A studio exec probably spun around in his seat after the screening. Is like, who is this for? Yeah, I know. Right? Chinese people? Whoa. Uh, you know, the computer wore tennis shoes fans? Like, what? Yeah. who is this for? I know. But now, if you – they try to make things like this on oh, purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. for streaming spaces and for, you know, online content. Yes. And so if this had come out – maybe that wouldn't have happened if this hadn't come out. But if this fell through a time warp and came out, Netflix is like, we found this great gem and just played it. It would destroy the internet. People yeah. would love this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean – I think it's pretty popular nowadays. It will get um, for sure. But yeah. The Rock wants to remake it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I think The Rock could be, um, you know, play the the Jack Burton character. But, but yeah, but he, here's the thing about The Rock: he literally has them count how many punches he takes, and then he has to give that many or more to the guy he fights. Oh, yeah, so there is, and I, I think the ego stuff on the set of Fast and Furious was him because I don't think Vin got to nine movies by being a super dick about everything right oh, i mean not. although i know that he orchestrates things to make himself look really cool as well but those two guys couldn't get along and so i don't think will the rock be able to be sure a monkey humped his face in the rundown but that was 15 right. years ago like yeah, will he be able true. to get back to that monkey face humping area where he can be we also we, we both had a straight face when i said that i know where he can be a buffoon well and that's honestly that's what i was calling to mind when i was like yeah the Rock's done that before. He could do that again. What was that? <laughs> that was me giving you a sign as a producer that we're going to wrap it up. But uh, okay. now this will be the outro instead. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, can we give more? I, I can't wait. I don't read lips. Read my lips. I, I didn't, don't read I lips. I gave you the hand sign that I've used for years. I, I didn't. Anyway, okay. this is well, how the sausage is made. No. So uh, we're shutting it down. We'll be back uh, on another channel, hopefully, depending... We're going out of town this weekend, so maybe you can drive and I can do all the work in the car on the uh, internet. But uh, we'll see how we'll it see. works. We're uh, doing something for another show. Uh, listen to our other shows on the Just, Just Enough Trip Network if you want to know what those are or what's going on. And that's it. We're signing off. Until next time. Until next time.